The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager, only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Please welcome your hosts, Patrick Allen and Matt Verderam. It's 5.01. I just tweeted that we were going to start the Arrowhead Attic Podcast on time for the first time ever. And I looked at my clock and right as we counted down, it clicked over to 5.01. Patrick Allen, Matt Verderam, Matt Connor, Sterling Holmes, we're late again, y'all. But we're, uh, we're, we're early for the AFC Championship game. Cheers, everybody. Uh, how y'all doing today? How, what's going on, fellas? We're all – the gang's back together. Doing, doing well. Had the day off. So that was, that was nice. Uh, not complaining about that. And now I'm sitting here getting ready for an AFC Championship game that looks like everybody is going to be participating if you look at these injury reports. So that's, that's good news for both teams. Absolutely. Let's go. I missed all you guys. I missed all four of us together. It feels like a yeah. like a high school reunion. This is it's just this is nice. I missed you, no, Matty like, C. Yeah. Cheers, I Matt. Can't Welcome say I've back, ever buddy. wanted to go to a high school reunion. No. Like, that's not a good uh, I've never yeah. been, so I don't know. I know this from it's always sunny, like the episode when the gang goes back. You've never been how how old are you? What, would you graduate? Twenty seven. Four years ago? Twenty twelve. I'm twenty seven. It's just yeah, they don't. They don't have high school reunions for like less than ten years. You have no. No, no, no. He, he's class of twenty seven. Class of twenty twenty seven. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I've had my ten years college reunion. This is brutal. Twenty seven. Yeah, so Get out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> it's 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 great to have you back, uh, Matt Connor. We certainly missed you, but. Uh, what a, what a game! Can we get your thoughts? Since obviously you were working your tail off after the AFC championship game, I was there in the stadium. They got to hear from me, Matt and Sterling right after. What, what did you think of that whole thing? I mean, how many column inches, how much ink has already been spilled over the greatness of the game? You know, it, what's crazy is we're, what we're now like, what, five days from it, four days from it. And, and people are still like putting out stats from the game. He, I mean, I mean, look, 
the the measure of that game is that we're freaking out over Mahomes' heart rate on Twitter. Like like that's just how like every every writer on earth is like searching for the new angle about which they can talk about it from a different way because everyone's talking about it. So you know from how ubiquitous it is, just how like like how it's everywhere. It's a cultural thing. My wife, like random people, like random people who don't talk about football are talking to me about it because they know I'm somewhat connected to, you know, I mean, even people who are like, they don't know that maybe I write about the Chiefs. They just know, like, don't you write about something in sporting things? Like, you know, whatever. They're like, did you see that game? And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, anyway. So, uh, you know, it was awesome. Just awesome. It's funny, like, so my neighbor who we get along great, he's, he's an older guy. He's probably in his you know, mid-60s, late-60s. He saw me a few days ago just getting my mail. And he was like, hey, that Bill's Chiefs game, that was the greatest football game I've ever seen. I was like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, it was an unbelievable game, all that, you know, unreal. And I went to, uh, like I said earlier, I, I had the day off. So I went into uh, the suburbs in Chicago. I went to a shop I, I frequent. And this guy who I know comes out of the back room. He's like, hey, man, that football game on Sunday, unbelievable. And this goes like 20 minutes into like what he thought about the game and what he thought about the kickoff and, and all this strategy. I mean, and he's a Bears fan. He doesn't care. There's no dog in the fight or anything. But no, it, it really, that game is not very often you get to Thursday and people are still, you know, chewing on something about a football game. But yeah. we got another game now. And, and now, they, you know, we're, we're closer to the next game than we are from the Bills game. So now it's the Chiefs are one win away from a third straight Super Bowl appearance, which no team outside the AFC East has ever done. It's been done three times. All three times it's been done in that division. The Dolphins in the 70s, the Bills in the 90s, and the Pats 2016 to 2018. So the Chiefs are really looking to do something pretty historic. It's bananas, man. I, having been at the game as I've been meeting people and work meetings this week, and sometimes they know I'm a Chiefs fan, right? So they'll bring it up and I'll be like, yeah, I was there. And people who don't care about the Chiefs, some people don't even care about football are like, oh my goodness, you were there. And I'm like, man, it was it was out of this world. You um, won the lottery of personal decisions there, like of all games to go. Like, right, that's right. what you and hang the, on to you for the rest of your life. I was there for maybe the best game ever. The last Chiefs game that I was at was the divisional round of 2019, the Houston game, which was also like different, right? But as a Chiefs fan, like, Crazy, emotional, very exciting, thrilling. Um, so hopefully, I'm a, I've got a little, I'm a little rabbit's foot for the Chiefs. When Patrick Allen shows up to a divisional Chiefs playoff game, it's going to be dramatic. The Chiefs are going to win, and maybe they win the Super Bowl. That that will be my uh, that will be my excuse to my wife for every Chiefs divisional game from here on out for the rest of our <laughs> marriage, uh, which probably won't last very long if I start going to every single one. Whoa, man, that's a bad omen. Don't be putting that on yourself. <laughs> We'll put, we'll put that evil on, on my marriage. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I just want to say one more note about the game. And I, I, maybe you guys already talked about this on Tuesday, but I wasn't sure if it was in motion yet. But like every every fan base has their classless fans, trolls online, whatever. Chiefs are no exception, I'm sure. Um, but what's been really heartening to me is seeing the abundance of, of donations to Josh Allen's um, charity and, and like from Chiefs Kingdom, like last I read, it was a quarter million or and more. You know, maybe now heading toward three hundred thousand. Whatever, it's over it three hundred thousand dollars. Like, awesome, man. That's just so cool to me to see one community look at the generosity of another and want to be a part of that. 
And we see different versions of that maybe every year or two, whatever this this latest extension. I'm looking forward to Chiefs donating to the to the Joe Burrow loss fund after Sunday. We can talk about that later. Yeah. But uh, I, I I love those kind of stories. And I just think that um, is the perfect like explanation point exclamation point yeah on the end of the victory like not only was it a great game but i feel good saying like chiefs kingdom also put together a great gesture after the game to everyone was acknowledging you know you know that josh allen's a great quarterback the bills are a great organization they're in for a long rivalry and and everyone appreciates that and then and then that money it was just what a cool way to follow it up rather than just being like jerks to the team who just lost kind of thing um although i guess those people are certainly out there too but yeah there's a lot of you know a lot of a lot of spitting back and forth uh you know the fan bases on twitter and all that stuff leading up to the game and that's all in good fun most of it um really great to see the chiefs fans do this and and to their credit bills mafia was kind of at the forefront of this um years ago donating to lamar jackson and they did it again another year um they did it with with when the Bengals beat the ravens Years ago, they donated right. to, the, to the Bengals because they got him in the playoffs. Yeah. They donated to Andy Dalton. That's right. That's right. Um, I will say, though, props to Chiefs Kingdom for getting a little bit of a troll in there because they donated $13. Was $13? Was it donate $13? The 13 seconds. They didn't They didn't donate Josh Allen's number. It was the 13. So still a little bit of, little bit of fan robbery and fun in there. But, you know, I Matt, you weren't here for it, but I mentioned on the podcast I was actually sitting – next to a box in which Josh Allen's family and friends and his father were in. And, and, you know, it it was such a devastating blow to be on the other side of that. And, you know, I can imagine what it would be like, would have been like for the chiefs and all the people who worked so hard all season to lose that game. It's just a gut wrenching thing. And so it does feel good to, to be, to, to know that, Hey, it sucks for those, those guys, obviously we want our team to win, but some good, some really cool thing came out of that kind of heartbreaking loss for that organization, or at least for Josh Allen in particular, who looked wrecked. Like if you look at the handshake with Mahomes, like he's, you know, rightfully just like devastated and, uh, and good on Mahomes, by the way, for running across the field and finding him and shaking his hand. He, you know, obviously wanted to celebrate with his team. I thought that was great leadership. All right. We got some business to get to before we get into it. Uh, this podcast, the Arrowhead Attic podcast is sponsored by the Kansas city beer company. As you can see, we love KC beer. I'm rocking the hoodie. I picked up the hoodie. Yeah. <laughs> Sterling's got the t-shirt over his shoulder. I, I got to say, like, we love the beer. It's fantastic. I'm drinking the Hell's Lager today. It's absolutely terrific. You know that they're the, lo- the largest locally owned brewery in Kansas City. They focus on German beer styles. You can get their beer in, in Kansas and North, northern and western Missouri. You know that they brew their beer according to the German purity law of 1516, which is really cool. Sterling and I got a whole education on this when we were at the brewery and doing the tour. Um, but they're doing it the way they did it back in 1516, uh, using only four ingredients, malt, hops, water, and yeast. But I just want to say, we got to meet Steve, the owner, Katie, who does marketing and social media for them, a bunch of other folks who work there in the in the beer house, the brewery. Like These are really incredible people. Good Kansas City people, Chiefs fans through and through. So you know, uh, we appreciate your support of this podcast by supporting KC Beer Company. And just know that you're supporting really good people. And Steve went over to Germany and he learned how to brew beer. And it was like a lifelong dream of his to build out this brewery. And they launched it in like 2016. And they're having an incredible success. And and part of that's now going to be thanks to you all. Um, So please support them and support us by supporting them. Uh, Appreciate it. Anything to add, boys, on the whole Casey beer thing? Prost. Prost. That's a good. That's great. All right. Well said. I had the the pills last night and I enjoyed it thoroughly. 
Nice. Nice. Yeah. We're all, we're all stocked up except for, except for Matt Connor. I've got to drop his off. Um, let's talk about this game. A lot to kind of examine and break down. Obviously these teams met just a few weeks ago and the chiefs came out on the wrong end of it. There's some differences though, right? The chiefs lost Lucas Niang in that game um, to an injury. They lost Orlando Brown. Remember he didn't play in that game, uh, got hurt during warmups. So the chiefs will look a little bit different than they did when they played the Bengals the first time. But when it comes to injuries, both teams are in a really good spot. Uh, the only, uh, first of all, Tyron Matthew practiced fully today, which is fantastic news as he's coming off this concussion. And the only person for the Chiefs who was limited was Daryl Williams, who practiced fully yesterday. He's got a toe, so they may just be being cautious with them, had a little bit of a setback. Um, and for the Bengals, nobody of note, uh, a couple backup defensive linemen, uh, but in general, right. they're very healthy too. So teams will be, at, you know, at, at basically full strength as they head into this one. Are you concerned about any injuries or anything like that, Verterim, or you expect just full tilt, all the key players will be out there? No, I mean, I think everybody's going to be there. And and that, look, that, that's what it should be, right? So for the Chiefs, Matthew, he, he practiced fully today, which is kind of surprising, honestly, uh, after being concussed on, on Sunday. I kind of thought it might take a little while throughout the course of the week, but maybe get cleared Friday or Saturday. He's already looking to be full go. So, no, I think injury-wise, they're good. The Bengals look like they're going to be good. So that shouldn't be a factor. The NFC Championship game, there's a lot of guys who, like, they might play, they might not play. Big, you know, guys like Trent Williams, Andrew Whitworth. That's not the case in this one. So I think that's I think that's good. Obviously, I mean, first of all, it's good just the guys are healthy. But B, like, look, in games like this, you don't want it to be a deal where, you know, guys are compromised, teams are missing key players. Like, look, go out and play the game. Go out and play the best game you can. And this is going to be a really interesting football game. Like you just said, we saw them, you know, what, a month ago? You know, by the time this game kicks off, I mean, the game was in January, the last time they saw each other. So this is going to be a very good football game. And I, I expect it to be I expect it to be tough, but I'm glad that it seems like Fenton and Matthew are on the right side for the Chiefs in this one. Yeah, I was reading, and, and maybe we should start with, you know, kind of let's talk about, because the story of the game really the last time was obviously Jamar Chase. It was the way that the Bengals offense attacked the Chiefs defense. So let's maybe kind of start there. I read a really interesting article today on 538 that was talking about how the Kansas State Chiefs defense is, is, has regressed a little bit to its old self earlier in the season. Um, and what, what they pointed out, which was really interesting, was during that middle part of the season where the Chiefs were uh, uh, doing really well, it was written by, uh, by Ty Schalter, by the way, um, you can good follow on Twitter, that when the Chiefs were going through that, that really good stretch of football defensively in the middle of the season, they were playing a lot more dime. And they were pl- so they were playing a lot more DBs as they've kind of regressed a little bit here towards the end of the season and struggled. They've played a little bit less time, but that some of that's been due to injuries, right? Like Fenton's been, been having injuries. You know, they lost Tyron Matthew against the Bills. It changes what the Chiefs are able to do. Fenton's the highest graded PFF cornerback, I believe, in a couple areas. Do you think, do you guys think, I'll just leave, open this up for everybody, whoever wants to jump in. Do you think the Chiefs will try to get back to that in this game if, if everyone's looking healthy and run a little bit more dime against this Bengals offense? I think they're going to do something that's similar the first time they played. This team, I know it's not the popular take right now, but I don't think Spags is all of a sudden going to just change his defense, right? If that means Javarius is one-on-one against Jamar Chase, do I think there's going to be a lot more help over the top? Maybe a, a few times, maybe a couple extra plays thrown in there, but they're not all of a sudden going to play the cover two shell. They're not going to play a lot more zone. That's not in their DNA. 
I, I have a feeling that they're going to say, all right, you got us the first time. You came here and said, all right, Jamar Chase, you won every single 50-50 ball. Joe Burrow, you had the best game or one of the best games of your young career. Do it again. And maybe if the first couple of drives, same thing happens, they'll switch. But I don't expect them to go and all of a sudden change their game plan because what they've done, basis and specs has got here, is play man up, they play physical, and I expect that to continue. If if they play the same way they played week 17, I will be leading the charge for Specs to be fired after this game. Like I, and and I, I, I am like the most ardent defender of him in the world. If they blitz them relentlessly in this game, and they single up Jamar Chase, they deserve to lose. Like I, I can't express how unbelievably galaxy brain that would be. If you're them, look, I'm not saying that play, don't play man, but they need to be bracketing Chase every play. You need to take him out of the game the way they took Diggs out of the game. Look, Diggs at seven yards. I don't expect the Chiefs to do that again, but you need to bracket him. And with Fenton back, Fenton and let's say Sneed, then need to play heads up with with T. Higgins and with Tyler Boyd. And I think they can do it. I'm not saying they're going to shut those guys down, but I think they can limit them. Look, everybody's going nuts about, well, what happened with Gabriel Davis? I'll tell you what happened with Gabriel Davis. Mike Hughes happened with Gabriel Davis. (laughs) Okay? That's what happened with Gabriel Davis. And what also happened was without Matthew, how many of those plays, if you think about Gabriel Davis's big plays in that game, where were they all located? Right down the middle of the field. Every one of them. Every single one of them. Between the numbers, down the middle of the field. So, to me, if you're the Chiefs in this game, you rush four. The Bengals have a hideous offensive line. If you can't get pressure with four guys in this game, you ought to give it up. Like, there's no reason they shouldn't be able to do that. And you don't have to worry about Burrow running. He's not a running quarterback. He's not like Allen. He's not going to take off for a bunch of yards. So, you don't have to spy him. I just feel like this is a game where, look, you you can do a lot of different stuff with dropping seven in coverage mixing up man, mixing up zone. But if they blitz in this game more than a half dozen times, they're insane. They're out of their minds. Like, there is no reason to blitz this team. The only time I think you maybe blitz the Bengals, and Nate Christensen is actually a really good follower. You should follow him if you don't already on Twitter. Uh, he, he doesn't have a huge following, but he's, like, he's very good. He breaks down Chiefs film. Um, and he brought up a good point. I agree with him. It, when the Bengals are an empty, they, they don't really help at all. They don't chip. Um, it's something that, he brought up, and I, I've noticed a little bit. I noticed it when the Chiefs played them. If you blitz there, you are singling up, but you can get him to throw the ball really quickly. So that becomes just a point of rally and tackle. But yeah, I think if you're the Chiefs, by and large in this game, you play too deep, you force them underneath, you bracket chase, you rush four, and you say, look, with that offensive line, you're going to have to beat us on 12 to 15 play drives. And I don't think they can do it with that line because, look, you give up a sack, you take a holding penalty, you have a negative run, you have pressure immediately that forces an inaccurate or an incomplete pass. Like, there's a reason teams try to make the Chiefs do it. It's more opportunities to screw up. I would I would beg Cincinnati to go 12, 15 plays. Their offense, while everybody's going nuts about them, what have they done in the playoffs? The Raiders can't stop anybody, and they scored 26 points at home, and then even with three turnovers against the Titans, they scored 19 points. This, this is not the 99 Rams. Chiefs made them look like it in Week 17, but it's not. Like, two back, bracket chase, rush four, tackle. I agree. Do you think Spags actually does that, though? I, I, I think we're all on the same page what they should do. I love your game plan and your, your mindset, Vernon, but do we think Spags, who has shown – some sort of affinity to be stuck in his ways, obviously with Juan Thornhill, obviously we're still not seeing Willie Gay Jr. on as many third downs as we would like. Do you think that Spags will actually adjust? It's, it's not that we don't want him to. It's right. will he. Yeah. 
So, um, and I see people asking, by the way, for Nate Christensen, who I just mentioned, uh, his at, his handle is natech32, natech32. He's a great follow. Check him out. Look, I, I think they will. I honestly do. I think they're going to make a big adjustment in this game. I'm not saying there's this, like, that's all they're going to do, but I, I think in this game, if, if 266 receiving yards doesn't make you go, huh, probably ought to do something different. Like, I don't know, then you're Bob Sutton. You're Bob Sutton at that point, right? Like, my God, what else does it take? I do think they'll adjust. And you know why? If you think about it, they've – so the year they won the Super Bowl, obviously Spags was a coordinator. They played, they played the Texans in the regular season, and they gave up a million rushing yards in that game. They played them again, Texans couldn't run the football. They played Tennessee. Henry ran for 177 yards in that football game. They played him again. He did nothing, right? Like, and we saw it now the Bills, people will look at the final score of that game and go 42-36. It was this wild shootout, and it, it ended up being one. But really, at the two-minute warning, despite not having Matthew all game and Fenton all game, the Chiefs have given up 21 points. They were not bad defensively at all. Like, I, now look, that what I'm going to say if it was somebody else, I'd scream at them because I hate when people go, well, the, you know, the shoulda, coulda, woulda. At the two-minute warning, it was fourth and 13. If the Chiefs stop them there, or if on the fourth down earlier, Ingram sacks Allen, where he's all over him and just can't get him down to the ground. We all, I think, would probably agree the way the Chiefs were playing. The Chiefs would run out the clock there. The Chiefs give up 21 points to Buffalo. Now, they didn't do that. They ended up, they ended up getting smoked in the last two minutes, and that, that's on them. Fine, fair enough. But my, my point is, I, you know, I, I do think they're playing better than people realize. I, I think, you know, that Bengals game kind of skews things. I do not think Burrow is throwing for 446 in this game again. I do not. I do not think Chase is going to have 266 and three touchdowns. And if Spagnolo is dumb enough to blitz them 30 plus times again, I, I give up. They deserve to lose a game if they do that. Yeah, the Chiefs are really conservative against the Bills defensively. They've played them a lot differently than they did a season ago. A season ago, they showed very little respect for Josh Allen. They were blitzing the crap out of him. They got a lot of pressure. They were flustering him. This year, it was completely different. He was obviously, their offense had changed. He's a much bigger threat to run the ball this year. They're utilizing that. But the Chiefs, it, it, so for somebody who had a, a good all 22 view for most of the game, they most of the time had two safeties back. They were playing soft underneath. They're trying not to give up big plays. It was a little frustrating, uh, you know, to watch it because they were getting a, they were getting a lot of check down, first downs and things like that. But to Matt's point, through most of the game, they did a pretty good job. There was that one big play that they gave up over the top. But in general, they, they made the Bills work it down the field. And the Bengals are a team that likes to throw these go balls. They want big plays to chase. He's averaging, Burrow's averaging like 11 yards, 11 and change when he throws the ball to chase. And they want to take those big shots. And they did it against Kansas City the first time. I think Spags learned his lesson. I think if you're the Chiefs, they're going to come into this game. They're going to keep two safeties and they're going to try to force, they're going to try to force the ball underneath. You know, the Bengals, the Bengals do, they like to get the ball out fast and they like to throw deep. When they try to matriculate the ball down the field, that's when they run into trouble. And so that's what the Chiefs need to do. I think if they can do that, they can get pressure on Burrow enough times and they can force them to make a mistake. Look for it to be, for my opinion, look for it to be a big T Higgins game. You know, if the Bengals are smart, they'll, if the Chiefs try to take away Chase, they're going to try to attack with Higgins coming over the middle. And I think you can live with that, giving up a few first downs, as long as you tackle. If you're the Chiefs, you got to tackle in those situations. But they did, you know, they didn't do a great job of that against the Bills. But um, I think if they can do that, they'll be okay. Matt Connor, what about you? How is the defense going to handle this little uh, onslaught they got coming. I love every what I love what everyone is saying. I, I also kind of understand the middle ground because there's this sense of 
um, you know, if Spags hasn't, you're like, oh, how, how could Spags not learn from, from there's no way he's going to hang 266 on him again. But the fact is we watched those 266 unfold over 60 minutes and he was never adjusting like during that time. I mean, we're all watching the game going like someone covered Chase, someone provides some help, someone bracket him there. And, and like it was never happening. And so I think I think like to Sterling's point, we've watched a slowly adjusting defense like we've all been pointing going get Sorensen off the field so much and watch like slow, like it just took forever for some of these things to change. I think, I think Matt's right. There's and in that there's a sense of urgency in the postseason that you obviously don't have in the regular season. The regular season is to figure out like to slowly adjust your levers and buttons for the postseason. I get all that, but what we're not seeing is like over time spags be the kind of guy who goes, Oh, this is happening. Let me hurry up and do this. It usually is something slower that frustrates the fan base. That patient approach overall by the whole coaching staff served this team very, very well on the macro level. But I get what Sterling's saying in some degree going, will we see a guy who's going to react fast enough to keep the pot from from boiling over? I will also say this. I think, you know, Matt, you said this after their last game that, you know, like, the challenge was, hey, we're going to force Joe Burrow to make these low percentage throws yep. outside the numbers and 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 make you beat us. And the thing is, the very thing that they forced Joe Burrow to do was the very thing Joe Burrow did. Yep. And so I, what I want to say here is that is that we could scheme up or come up with, here's what you have to force Joe Burrow to do in the game in order like to win or to make it really hard for him to win. And Joe Burrow's proven at every level now. Look, if you want to shove me in a box and force me into like if you want me if you if you want to force me to go methodical or you want to like you can make up whatever category it is, but Joe Burrow's proven and here the Bengals sit because of Joe Burrow's ability to live up to these things that he's maybe tasked to do or at the very least you have to respect his ability like he's a top quarterback for his ability to maybe do that. I'm not saying he's unbeatable, he's not Mahomes, he's not what but I'm just saying these lids that we want to put on Burrow, like he shocked me with his ability to needle the thread in those situations last time. So I, I just think that deserves a mention here. Um that no matter what you put out there, maybe Burrow's a very capable quarterback. That's what makes this matchup so exciting. Well, I'll also say this. Bill Vinovich is calling this game. And for people who are like, Who's Bill Vinovich? He ref the Super Bowl fifty four game. And he also refed last year's AFC title game. He is his crew. Now it's an all-star crew, but his crew, the one he's led this year, has called the fewest amount of penalties in the NFL. Let me tell you something right now. If I'm Spagnolo, I would tell the Chiefs corners at the line of scrimmage, maul them. I don't care. Maul oh, yeah. them. First and 10, second and medium. I don't want you taking a penalty on third down, but maul them. Get up on the line of scrimmage. I will forever remember Breland against Diggs last year in the AFC championship game. You go watch the film of that game. He climbs up on the line of scrimmage in the first quarter and takes two penalties because he's just throwing Stephon Diggs all over the place. He didn't care. He's like, fine, call holding. I don't care. He's not getting off the line. I'm going to set the tone in this game. Kansas City has big corners, especially Snead and Ward. They're bigger guys. Like I, mm-hmm. I think you get up on the line of scrimmage and you get right into them. Say, look, you're not getting a clean release. You're, we're, I'm going to hold you and grab you and push you. And for people who bitch about that, hey, look, that's how the Pats beat the Chiefs years ago in the AFC title game. They held the Chiefs that entire game. And I had no problem with it. Make the official call it. You know, at some point, if you do it enough, the officials go, 
eh, that wasn't that bad. You can't call everything, right? Like at some juncture, you start to set the bar as to, all right, I'll, I'll live with this. I won't live with that. I think there's a real, hey, you know what? Do what you've got to do in this game. But I also will say quickly, I do think if you're the Chiefs, I agree with you, Matt Connor. Burrow's terrific. You have to make this game about something other than Burrow when you're on defense. And to me, it's about making it about this offensive line. I know everybody says, well, they beat the Titans with, with nine sacks, which is amazing, right? Like, give all the, all the credit in the world to Burrow's tough as hell. He hung in there. That being said, they scored 19 points and had three picks against the Titans. Like, it wasn't like their offense really won them that game. Their offense was not good in that game. They won the game because their defense played well and because Ryan Tannehill got very involved. If you're the Chiefs, you need to win up front. You need to force some pressure. If the Chiefs hold them to 19 points, is there anyone in the world that thinks they're losing this game? Come on now. They'll win. They'll cover. The, the, the game will be over by the beginning of the fourth quarter. You need to get pressure with four. And they have the front that they should be able to do that. So that, to me, is where this game lies. Burrow can be as great as he wants. If he's on his back or he's running for his life and there's seven guys back there covering and not five, I think it's a world of difference. Yeah, and if you play it a little differently and you do try to force him to take some of those shorter things and he gets frustrated, I think you want to do a little bit to this guy what teams did to Patrick Mahomes early in the season. He likes to chuck it up there. That's where they excel. Make him be patient. Make him matriculate the ball down the field. And then if you can get pressure, which is what teams did to Mahomes early in the season, Burrow's not really going to run, right? So you can probably count on keeping him in the pocket, make him matriculate it, Try to get him pressure, try to get to him fast, make him get frustrated, and then he's going to do one or two things, right? He, he might take the sack. He might dump it off to his check down and get a few yards. And if he's not able to be patient, he might force that ball downfield trying to get his big plays like Mahomes did a couple times and get picked off. So, I, you know, I think, I think that's a huge key to this game. But I agree with Matt as well, Matt Connor. The dude's a baller. Like, he's a baller. He's going to ball no matter what you do to him. I think the, the trick here then is hey, let's maybe not give up 50-yard touchdown passes and let them trade blows with Mahomes because then that puts pressure back on the Chiefs offense to feel like we got to score every time we get the ball. And early in the game against the Bengals, they were scoring every time they got the ball. They can move the ball on this defense, but don't make it easy on the Bengals. They're going to get theirs probably in this game, but make it hard on them, make it take a long time, and at the end of the day, you still have Patrick Mahomes. I I uh, I am really looking forward to this game, though, in all seriousness. I think... I think if the Chiefs can win up front with their four, I think this game's done. I do. Like, and, and I say that without like, – it can't be because they're blitzing everybody because then you open up that third and 27 scenario, which, by the way, as much as that play pissed us all off to the end of time, I think that is the best thing in the world that happened to them now looking back at it because if you remember after that game, Reed, Spagnolo, Tyron Matthew, all in the immediate aftermath, they're like, yeah, we should have done something different. We should have done something different. Yep. We screwed up. We know we screwed up. If that play doesn't happen and the Chiefs get the ball and they win that game, I don't know that they play the Bengals differently because then it's like, well, we won the game. That play was so embarrassing. It was so bad. I think it'll make them go, you know what? We probably ought to We probably ought to maybe think twice here. You know. And why did that play happen? Because they brought an all-out blitz on third and a million, and they threw a goal ball to chase. No team in the league has more explosive touchdown plays, 20 yards plus, than the Bengals this year. Nobody. The Chiefs have to take that away and say, look, if you're going to beat us, your offensive line is going to have to execute, along with everybody else, but starting with your line, for 12 to 15 plays. 
And if you can do it, hats off to you. You're going to have to do it four or five times in this game. I think the Chiefs have a huge advantage if they can make him do that. Are you guys concerned at all that on paper, the Chiefs front four should dominate this Bengals offensive line, but how many times have we said this season in games where the opposing offensive line is injured and then we come out going, well, why didn't they dominate? It seems like they play to their competition. Are you nervous that that could happen in this game? Yeah, because you're right. You bring up a good point. That has happened. I feel like that hasn't happened nearly as much though since Melvin Ingram showed up. I feel like that happened a lot early in the year. Like, I remember we had that conversation about the Ravens game and they couldn't mm-hmm. get home. The Eagles were playing the four of us in a road cone in their game and, and the Chiefs couldn't even touch Jalen Hurts. I, I think once Ingram got there, if you go and look, and maybe that's just a mental thing, but like they harassed the hell out of the Raiders twice. They, 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 they destroyed Dallas destroyed them. And Jones was unbelievable in that game. I thought against the Steelers, they got pretty good pressure considering that Roethlisberger throws the ball so quickly. I thought last week was was a little hit and miss. It wasn't great. It wasn't bad. But it's also one of those things I'd love to be a fly on the wall because I wonder how much of that was, look, Allen's going to take off. So you can't be overly aggressive. You know, they did sack him twice. I thought they got a bunch of pressure at times in the game. They just couldn't get him down. But yeah, there's a point to that. I will say, though, Ingram is my guy in this game. I think is going to have a huge game. They're playing a backup right tackle, and their right guard is atrocious. Like, if you're the Chiefs, to me, that is the side. Like, where you, you've got to have it. Where If you're going to blitz, sing, get Jones singled up on that guard, get Ingram singled up on that right tackle, and go to work. Like, that's where they have a huge advantage in this game off the right side. I think they I think they they need to they need to collapse the pocket on Burrow, who's not gonna run. He's not Allen, he's not Prescott, he's not he's not obviously Lamar Jackson or, or anybody like that. So even Herbert, who's more mobile than people give him credit for, mm-hmm. Burrow is not gonna take off. He is that pocket passer who's gonna stand there and throw the ball. What do we think though of Chris Jones? Chris Jones hasn't had a single quarterback hit in the last three weeks at all. Yep. You gotta go all the way back to the last time these teams even played to to see it. So like, do we think there's something wrong there? Are we playing through something? Do you think it's just a matter of like, well, it's not just not there in the stats, but it's as effective as ever? Because I feel like even when I'm watching, I'm like, I'm uh, like, we should be seeing some Jones disruption here, and we're not seeing it. And and um, it's not like we're playing like the best lines in the last few weeks. Is it us since he joined the <laughs> podcast? <laughs> no, I think it could be a case of maybe his. After having COVID, maybe he doesn't have his lungs back. Maybe he doesn't have it. He was off on that final drive. Do you notice that? That final drive against the Bills, yeah. he was on the sideline. Is that a case of he doesn't have the endurance because of COVID? I, I don't know. This is obviously speculation on our part saying this, but I think it's definitely a, a, a plausible scenario of why he's not being the same game wrecker because he was a game wrecker, then had COVID. Now we're not seeing him cold as much. Yeah, I I actually thought, looking at the game against Pittsburgh in the wild card round, I thought he played well. It's just Roethlisberger throws the ball like in a second because that's the deepest he can throw the ball. Is a four yard out, although he retired today, which is everybody should light a candle in the AFC for that. Yep. But no, I think it's a concern. I mean, the last time he played really well was against the Bengals team. He had two sacks. Yeah. Um, and he and he was dominant in this game. I don't know that they even need him to be that. They just need him to be good. They need him to be good, but they need. They need everybody. You know, I think Jerron Reed is playing some of the best ball he's played all year long. That is a big help for them. Melvin yep. Ingram has been a godsend. And I'll put my hand up and say, look, I, I thought in the offseason they should have signed them, but then when they didn't and the trade deadline came around, I remember we all had the conversation. I was like, look, if I'm the Chiefs, I'm not trading picks because you're three and four right now. I, I don't know where the season's headed. I don't know that one guy fixes it. No, there's a lot more to it than just that. But 
that trade was a godsend. I mean, a sixth-round pick for that guy? You kidding? And they need Clark, though, in this game. Like, this can't be one of these Frank Clark games where he's, like, kind of there, kind of – I think he's played very well uh, down the stretch. This needs to be one of these, hey, he's he's everywhere. You know, he's impacting the game. He's taking away the edge on Mixon's runs to the left-hand side. But, you know, with Jones, it's hard to say. Could it be COVID? Sure. A lot of guys – a lot of guys have struggled for a while after they've had COVID. And, and some guys haven't. Some guys have been totally fine. Kelsey came back from COVID and has been unbelievable. So sure. I think it's just, you know, every, and, and maybe that's not it. Maybe it has nothing to do with it. And it's just a matter of, hey, look, it's been matchups. It's been style, whatever. Um, but, yeah, he's definitely somebody to watch. He's got to step up and play well in this game. And I think Jones, look, as long as he's in there and he makes an impact, if the other guys show up because Jones is getting double teamed, then that's that's a win for Chris as well. So, I think they, the Chiefs are fortunate enough that they have Frank Clark, they have Chris Jones, they have Jaron Reed, who's been playing well, and then they have Melvin Ingram. Like All these guys can step up, and it's just a matter of what combination is it going to be, and that's fine. It could be Jones, it could be Ingram. As long as a couple guys get pressure, make plays, I think the Chiefs will be fine. Before we move on to the offense, uh, I wanted to ask you guys about Joe Mixon. So Mixon's interesting, right? We know he's a talented back. The Bengals leaned yep. on him a lot more early in the season. I got, I've got an interesting stat here. In the first 11 games, he averaged 18.9 carries per game, 84 rushing yards, 4.4 average, and 11 rushing touchdowns. The last seven games, he's only been getting 16.4 carries per game, 54.7 rushing yards per game, 3.3 average, and three rushing touchdowns. Is this just a, is this, just, is he just a casualty of, they're like, all right, this guy Burrow is just a maniac, yeah. chase the maniac. We're not going to run the ball as much. And if that's the case, how worried are you about him in this game? Or do you think he'll be a little bit of an afterthought, much like the Bills game where, you know, the Bills, have they, they got some good run out of Singletary in the playoffs before they played the Chiefs. But once they got to Kansas City, it was like, we got to score points. We got to score points fast, throw the ball with our with our stud quarterback. I mean, I definitely think part of it is Burrow's just been incredible and they haven't had to run the football. But no, there's definitely something to it. I mean, look, Mixon has not averaged four yards of carry in any game since the beginning of December. He has not he has not had more than 65 rushing yards in any game over that span. So it's been a while since he's made a big impact. Now, maybe he's a little beat up as a running back. Take a lot of hits throughout the year. I will say, though, I, I do think, look, the, the Bengals have a lot of weapons on this team. You know, everybody's going to talk about Chase. We talked about him earlier in the game. T. Higgins is liable to go off. Tyler Boyd is a very good player. CJ Uzama, who we have not mentioned yet, is a good tight end. He's not... He's not an all-pro level player, but he's a good player. He's a sir. He's a, he's a lot like Dawson Knox, right? A good, serviceable player that if you don't take care of, can beat you. And Mixon's a guy. He has not done much lately, but he is very elusive. He's quick. He's got a really good jump cut. Um, and I also wonder too how much of it is the, the line has just killed them. Let's be honest. I mean, they, they just can't block. I mean, that is yeah. That's the one thing I think even Bengals fans would tell you is their line this year has been a disaster. I would be shocked if they don't spend a lot of draft capital on some free agency dollars on fixing that line this offseason, even if they win the Super Bowl. I think that's the way they have to go. So I do think that's part of it. And I think it all factors in and it all ends up with Mixon just hasn't been as big a part of the offense because Burrow's throwing like crazy. The offensive line's not blocking a ton. And, and you know, like I said, too, maybe a little beat up. You know, it's, it's, it's the end of the year of running back. Like, they don't go by committee nearly as much as most teams. You know, Kansas City, it's McKinnon, it's Edwards Alaire, and it's even Gore a little bit. It's it's Williams. It's it's not, you know, with with the with the Bengals, I mean P Ryan every once in a while, but mostly it's mixing. Quickly, majority of it's the offensive line. I will always stand by that. That's the best predicator of how a running back will perform. And second, I hope they run the ball because Nick Bolton has been the best 
run stop. I mean, think of this. Even like last year, we're like, oh my gosh, if teams run the ball against Kansas City, we're screwed. And then Nick Bolton shows up and we're like, yeah, run the ball, see what happens. Yeah, made a huge impact, especially from early in the season when the Chiefs couldn't stop anybody on the ground. He's made a big impact of turning this defense around when it comes to the run. Now, when the Chiefs play offense, the first time these teams played, as you may remember, the Chiefs scored 28 points in the first half. They scored three in the second half. Bengals made some adjustments. The Chiefs weren't executing. They got a little conservative when maybe they probably shouldn't have, you know, kicking a field goal instead of going for it on a fourth and short, some things like that. And this was a game where it wasn't like a massive Hill game or a massive Kelsey game. In fact, they were fairly neutralized. So at six, he was targeted 10 times, had six catches for 40 yards. Kelsey only had five for 25 and one touchdown. But it was early in the game. Remember, they were getting everybody involved. Hardman had a 53-yard reception. Uh, Blake Bell caught three balls. Demarcus Robinson had two for 33 and a touch. They, they threw the ball to, to Darrell Williams. Uh, Gore caught a ball. Noah Gray caught a ball. Josh Gordon caught a ball, which, I mean, that's... He ain't doing that this week. Yeah, right. Yeah, he certainly isn't. Um, so as we head into this game, and I'll just add this, the Chiefs ran for 155 yards against the Bengals. And it wasn't Mahomes scrambling around. He had 25 yards. Darrell Williams had 88 yards on 14 carries and two touchdowns. Gore had three for 37. So it seemed like the Chiefs could get their whole offense involved. They could run the ball. They could pretty much do what they wanted to do. What do you think the approach is in this game? Is it, Are they going to be run heavy again? Are they going to try to throw it, get get Hill and and and, and Kelsey more, more volume this time? What do you guys expect? Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> look, I I, uh, I know this isn't high-level analysis, but Sterling pretty much just said what I was going to say. Like, if he plays like that again, like, and I don't even just mean the Bills game. I mean, like, just the way he's been down the, the stretch here in the playoffs, it's over. He is He has gone into God mode in a way that, like, even by his standards are just ridiculous. Everybody's talking about that Bills game, right? Every, there's a million different things. The throw he made to Hill sidearm is one of the craziest things I've ever seen in any sport. That, and that's not an exaggeration. Like he threw that ball around the guy, submarine style, and, and threw it 15 yards in the air and threw it like three feet off the ground the entire way. It was a missile and just hit Hill right in the chest. Like that ball defied physics. But look, I, I will say this. I think in this game, if you are the Chiefs, you have to be balanced. They were against Cincinnati. And I've seen a lot of people keep saying, well, they, they, they were so conservative in the second half. They had three drives in the second half of that game. That's what killed them. And yeah. if you go back and look, okay, they had a drive. And I forget which drive this was in order. It was one of the first two. Because the third one ended up in a field goal. They got stopped in the red zone. The Bengals brought a good blitz. They got home. The Chiefs had to throw it away. I think it was the second drive in the second half. Kansas City drove down into Bengals territory. And they hit, I believe it was Blake Bell for a pass that got him into the red zone or right to the edge. Maybe it was like around 22-yard line. Would have been a first down. It had been like third and eight, third and nine. Play gets called back on a penalty. And the Chiefs end up getting it to fourth and five or fourth and four, like the Bengals' 40-yard line, and they punted the ball. Mm-hmm. And that was the thing that a lot of Chief fans, including myself after the game, were like, what are you doing? Why would you, why would you punt there? Like the Bengals had no ability to stop them that entire game. That game was a case study in the Chiefs after the first four drives just beat themselves offensively. I mean, Hill dropped the ball that would have gone for 70 yards before halftime. They had a kickoff return that was called back, and rightfully so, it was a penalty, but it had nothing to do with the play. Like, if the guy just lets him go, it's a touchdown. Pringle was 10 yards past the guy before he held him. 
you know, they, they had a lot of they had 10 penalties in that game, some of which were interesting, but regardless, the Chiefs took their share of penalties that were legit. The Bengals are really good. Like, that is one thing. And Alex, I see in the chat, man, I see, you know, Hude and a Bengals fan. Hey, good for you, man. Honestly, like in all seriousness, like good for you. If you're a Chiefs fan, you can't appreciate what the Bengals have gone through the last 30 years. Like history is lost on you. Okay. But that being said, the Chiefs really in that game, I don't want to take it away from the Bengals. Burrow was unbelievable. Chase was great. Kansas City, by their standards, made so many mistakes in that football game. Like just un- like just unrelentingly made mistakes. I didn't look. You just let Mahomes drop back and throw it, man. You do. Like you let him throw the football. And if there's windows to run, cool. But but I I'm not going into the game going, we got to pound the ball with CH. No, no, we don't. Like, <laughs> spread them out and let her rip. I, I think that's the way you play this game. And whether it's Kelsey Hill or somebody else, Kelsey and Hill didn't go nuts in the Buffalo game until the end of the game when they had to have it. And then it was like, all right, here it comes, right? Like, but until then, you know, I mean, it was it was a you know decent games, but not crazy. I think you just whoever's open, Hardman has stepped up, Pringle has stepped up, the McKinnon has been a godsend for them the last month. Ride whoever's open. Throw them the ball. Sure. That's what we made. Yes. <laughs> Correct, Verderam. <laughs> don't force the ball. Take what's there. We saw it against the Bills. Uh, you Again, don't need to ride one dude at running back. You don't have to say, we let's force feed Clyde, although he did look, look the most explosive he's looked all season long. Don't force feed McKinnon, although he did look really good out of the backfield catching the ball. Again, McCole stepped up. Byron Pringle uh, stepped up. We saw D-Rob a few times late in the season step up. Just get it done. I don't give a shit how the Chiefs win as long as they win, but it's going to come down to number 15. Yeah, it is. You know, Nate just noted in the comments, Bengals D-line is depleted. I was going to say uh, kind of a kind of an underrated player against the Chiefs last time was Larry Ogunjobi. Uh, it was like a, a, just player. a solid run defender. Um, he looked good uh, last time. He I, Like he's out. Now I, I think that I think that kind of thins things out, um, and and with Clyde back and looking good, I think we could see more of that. But really, I mean, all these things that we're talking about, like uh, Matt just said literally, like look, uh, you know, they could say who day, who that. Like the only real question is like who can, who can keep up with the Chiefs? This team is on another level than anyone else remaining. That's including the NFC. There's a reason we said probably what we saw in the divisional round was the Super Bowl, or at the very least, the AFC Championship game. That's not intended to be disrespectful towards the Bengals. We'd be saying the same thing if it was the Titans or any other team, for that matter. Uh, The reality was the Chiefs have already come through the toughest matchup gauntlet in front of them. And I know know the Bengals won just four weeks ago, whatever. But they will take them seriously. They're not going to overlook them. But they've already accomplished like the highest, the, the toughest summit. And so if they go about their business, if they continue doing what they're doing, it's just it's just not going to be a problem this week. Really quickly, I love all the Bengals fans are saying, well, we beat you guys in the regular season. Well, then I guess the Saints were the Super Bowl champions last year because they beat the Bucks twice. That's not how it works. Right. Playoffs are a much different the, the animal. Bills, the Bills hammered the Chiefs in the regular season. Yeah. I mean, and the year the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, they got crushed by the Texans and they got beat by the Titans. It just doesn't matter. Look, and and I would say the same thing if the Chiefs beat the Bengals. Like, it doesn't matter. I don't care. It doesn't mean, I don't want to say it doesn't mean anything, but it's not predictive of what's going to happen in the playoffs. This game's at Arrowhead. Okay. And look, this is not meant to be disrespectful to Cincinnati because I got to be honest, I actually really enjoy watching Cincinnati. I do. 
I love watching their offense. I think Burrow's awesome. I've, I loved watching him at LSU. And there will always be a soft spot in me for these teams, these fan bases that have gone through a ton of crap forever. Because as someone who was you know, a Chief fan well before Mahomes showed up, I get it. Um, look, the Chiefs are seven, seven and a half point favorites for a reason in the game. They are. My biggest fear in this game has nothing to do with Cincinnati. My biggest fear in this game is that Kansas City is so emotionally drained from that Buffalo game that they come out flat as a pancake in this game. That is my biggest concern. I do think that's a real thing. The teams, they are just so high as hell for the you know a game like that. And you know, look look around. People talk about it like it's a Super Bowl, right? I mean, oh, it was, you know, bare minimum of the AFC Championship game. It was not the AFC Championship game. It was the AFC Divisional game. The Chiefs have to beat a very good Bengals team to get to the Super Bowl. I think if the Chiefs know that and act like that, they have a very good shot to win. It's no disrespect to the Bengals. I just don't think the Bengals are on the level that Kansas City's on yet. That Week 17 game for Cincinnati was the was the pinnacle of their year in terms of the biggest game they played in. They were trying to clinch the division. It's at home. It's a, The Chiefs had clinched the division the week prior. Now, they were still playing for the one seed. Don't get me wrong. It wasn't like the Chiefs were playing for nothing. But, man, I talked to Jeff Schwartz about this sometimes, who used to be on Sack in the Box. I mean, he's a great guy, former Chiefs player, of course. The Chiefs during the regular season, they get everybody else's best shot every week. They are everybody's Super Bowl. They are the gold standard in the NFL, right? It's hard to match that every week. The other team just has to get up like that once for the game. The Chiefs have to do that every week to match that intensity. Mm-hmm. And I think that's sometimes yeah. why in the regular season, you know, a game's close against Denver. or be, Because it's hard, man. Denver has lost to the Chiefs since JFK was president. Okay, And Kansas <laughs> City is like, we don't give a shit. We just want to get to the playoffs. When you get into the playoffs against the Chiefs, that's when I think all of a sudden that's why it's so different record-wise and how the Chiefs have hung 42 in each of the last two games. Because then for the Chiefs, it's also their Super Bowl. It is their season. you know. And I think that's the thing I do think matters in this game. This game matters every bit as much to Kansas City as it does to Cincinnati. And if the Chiefs treat it as such, and they're not worn out from a week ago, I think that matters in this football game. Like the Bengals, they don't have home field. They don't have the advantage of, hey, we got to win this game. We got to win the division. Hell, if we don't win this game, we may not even make the playoffs. Like, whereas Kansas City, they've gone that game. They haven't lost in like two and a half months. So I do think it matters. I do. And I think the Bengals are capable of winning the game, but there's a reason Kansas City is favored the way it is. There's a reason it's the fourth straight AFC title game that they've hosted. They're great. And the Bengals can win, but they're going to have to prove they can beat them in a spot like this, which is a hell of a way from week 17 in the regular season. It just is. Yeah, all excellent points. And, you know, playoff Mahomes is a real thing. There's a difference. There's a difference of the way that they approach the game. If you watch some of that Bengals game, there were a few weird things that happened. I'm not saying the Chiefs were, you know, throttling back or whatever, but like, you know, kicking the field goal, punting, or a little conservative. They played the game differently. There was that play where Burrow, uh, 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 was it Burrow or am I thinking? No, I'm thinking of the Drew Locke game. But there were a couple games down the stretch there. Remember when Drew Locke ran into the end zone and Sneed was there and he could have like lit him up at the one and he just kind of like pulled up and let him score it. Like, you know, it's the end of the season. Guys are tired. It's, this is different. The way that Mahomes, Mahomes doesn't really run like this in the regular season. He's trying to take care of himself, get his team to the playoffs. He started taking off in that game against the Bills. He's like, all right, you're going to leave the field open to cover everybody. I'm going to take off and I'm going to burn you and I'm going to run for more yards than Josh Allen in this game. I'm going to I'm gonna lay out for those games. Remember what he did when he snatched the Tennessee Titans' soul in the AFC Championship game, the year they won the Super Bowl. One of the most incredible runs by a quarterback who 
you know, isn't a, isn't a like Mike Vick style athlete that I've ever seen was absolutely incredible. And I'm not worried about the letdown. And I'll tell you why, because this is the same team that, as I mentioned earlier in this podcast, went into a divisional round and their season was over against the Houston Texans. They were donezo. It's the NFL. You're finished. And they came back and whipped their butts, right, in that game. And then they came back the next week, and they were a little flat to open it up, but they were fine. They took care of business. I think they're going to be fine. I think they're going to remember those lessons in this game where uh, it was a fight back and forth. And Matt, you mentioned a little bit earlier you know, some of the some of the mistakes the Chiefs made the first time these teams played. Keep in mind, this was a game. The Bengals won at the very end of the game. With, you know, on a field goal, they win the game. In that game, the Chiefs had 10 penalties for 83 yards in that game. That is, you, you, you can't do it. And if the Chiefs don't shoot themselves in the foot... So remember, it took 10 penalties for 83 yards. It took, um, it took Jamar Chase having an absolutely insane historic day for a wide receiver. It took the Bengals being at home. It took Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs offense only scoring three points in the second half. If this is a playoff game, there's no way they only score three points in the second half. Same scenarios. They go for it on fourth down. They score more points. So for me, when I look at this game, I, I see what you guys see. I see a team that is really talented in the Bengals. That's really dangerous. That you can't let your guard down for too long against. But if the Chiefs go out there and play their best ball, they'll probably cover the spread. Let's just, let's just really lay it out there. And I think you just did. Like The Bengals played a game in Week 17 where they basically had an out-of-body experience. I mean, Burrow <laughs> had the best game of his life. At least his NFL life. Chase had the best game. Any receivers had all year long, not just the Bengals, like anybody, anybody's had. That's not to discredit them. That's to credit them. They were incredible in that game. They played really, really, really well. And you you all know how I feel about people that bitch about officials. It drives me nuts to no end. I hate those people with a thousand sons. If there was ever a game to look at at the end and go, that was interesting to say the least and i'm not and none of this like intentional crap i'm saying like some some right. calls that you're like what was that that game had them the chiefs also had third and 27 which if, if you're the Bengals and you're relying on third and 27 good luck to you i yeah. i just think that game was a perfect storm of the Chiefs playing like dog shit the last 35 minutes of the game and really defensively the last 45 minutes of the game some questionable calls and look again i don't i don't want this going off the wrong way man the the Bengals are really good. Like, sure. I think sometimes because we're talking, we pump up the Chiefs, it's like, well, we're knocking the Bengals. I'm not. I think the Bengals are really good. I don't think they're going anywhere. I don't think there's some fluke team. I don't think this is the Jaguars team with Bortles. Like, this team's good. <laughs> this is a good team, man. Burrow's legit. They've got weapons. I like Zach Taylor a lot as a coach. And, and the other thing, I'm actually really happy to see with the Bengals. They started spending money last year in free agency, which they'd never done. Like traditionally, the Bengals were always one of the franchises that they wouldn't spend money. They have spent money. Trey Hendrickson was not cheap. He paid off. They went out and got Chidobia Woozy, who's played really well for them. Eli Apple's come in and played the best football of his career. Logan Wilson, who nobody knows who he is, you should know who he is. He's probably going to be an all-pro linebacker at some point. He's really good. Second-year player. The Bengals are really, really quality. The problem is, it's like years when you looked at Belichick and Brady in New England, right? You looked at them and went, like, let's just say they were still in their, their prime and they were in their peak, and this Bengals team went in there. I think if you looked at it from a Chiefs fan, a casual observer, and a, a non-biased observer, you would just go, look, they're really good. But Brady and Belichick are probably going to win the game. Like, they're probably just going to find a way to win this game. I think as Chief fans, we're so scarred, you're like, oh, God, they're going to screw it up somehow. 
they don't screw it up very often. Like they really don't. Like Mahomes and Reed, they win all the time. Like they are who they are for a reason. The Bengals can win, but if the Chiefs go out and they execute and they play well, unless something catastrophic goes against them, they're probably going to win the football game. The Chiefs have averaged 33.2 points per game in the postseason with Patrick Mahomes as the quarterback, which is the highest of any starting quarterback with a minimum of five starts in NFL history. So if you're the Bengals, you'd probably need to score 34 points to win this game. You probably game. do. You probably and have it, to get another yeah. But that's what Mahomes averages. So you might need to score more than that. He's um, even better it's, now, it's, right? They're right. in the middle of a stretch right now. Our, one of our contributors – Scott Loring, who you can follow at Chiefs Channel. Um, we just posted something today where he said, in the last seven games, the Chiefs are averaging 37 points a game, the, the highest stretch like that since 2018, right? So you're looking at, I, like, it, like they're flowing as well as they ever have since Mahomes became quarterback um, right now at the perfect time. I, I think that's why there's just, I think that's why we're all shaking our heads going, no disrespect, but, you know, like no other team is the Chiefs, and that's who they happen to be playing. The yeah. Chiefs. Have that scored. number is stupid. It's <laughs> just stupid. It's stupid. stupid. Like, like, think of telling like a Chiefs fan this in 2012. You'd be like, "No, dude, <laughs> oh, you're an asshole." Yeah. Like, what yeah. is what is happening right now? This is wild. Yeah. Did they start playing flag football? That's what I would have thought. The Chiefs <laughs> have scored 42 points in each of their playoff games. Each of their playoff. I mean, Cincinnati, the entire playoffs have scored 45. Now, that's not again. That's not a dig. It's to point out how crazy Kansas City's offense has been. Like, they just. I, and I get it. Like Pittsburgh, yeah, they stink. No one's arguing that they don't stink, but they really suck offensively. Like Pittsburgh was middle of the road defensively. They're terrible against the run, but against the pass, they're like halfway. Kansas City, if they, I really think if the Chiefs wanted to score 50 some odd points in that game, could like without really much of an issue. The, the, against Buffalo, the Chiefs racked up 550 yards. Like now, I, don't know, I think Buffalo being, everybody always says, well, they're number one defense. That's overrated a little. Because they played such bad quarterbacks throughout the year. But even let's say comfortably, and I think this is fair, the Bills are a top, you know, seven defense, top six defense. They hung 550 yards on him. Like it's just, and by the end of the game, I got Mahomes. If they had to drive 150 yards in overtime, they were doing it. Like it just didn't matter. I, I think the Bengals can win, but I think the Chiefs are going to have to play a, a middling game for that to happen. If the Chiefs play a B plus game or better, I just I think they win. I do. I maybe it's close, but I think they win. If they play the way they played against Buffalo, they will win going away. Because they will win going away against anybody left if they play like that. I think Buffalo was the only team that could have hung with them. Really. Maybe the Packers on their best day. But what the Chiefs did the other day, I don't expect to do it again. I mean, that was perfection, essentially offensively. But do I think the Chiefs can score 38 again? Yeah. I mean, they do it all the time. Yeah, I do. And you as you guys point out, they what what was it, Matt? 37 points over the last eight games. It's crazy. Yeah. And and Mahomes is just devastating. He's he's devastating now because he's really settled in to this new style of offense. It takes time. You know, we we talked about this like midseason that maybe you know what we're seeing here is a little bit of up and down. It's, it takes time to change. It doesn't. You don't just flip a switch. And I think now we're really seeing Mahomes hit his stride. He's like he's very comfortable. He'll take his shots when they're there but he's very comfortable moving them down the field. And remember early on when he was doing some of those short throws, like he was throwing a lot of balls into the dirt and, you know, there were just a lot of like nothing plays and and that has started to go away. He's got a swagger back. He's more accurate. He's, he's just settled into this. Verdam, you talked about the, the misery that the Bengals franchise has gone through. Yeah. I've got another interesting stat here for you guys in the Reed and Mahomes era. 
four seasons, the, the, the Rita Mahomes era, they have four seasons of 12 plus wins. The Bengals in franchise history have three seasons, franchise history with 12 I mean, plus wins. Look, the, the <laughs> Bengals and the Chiefs, until the Chiefs' recent stretch, it's been pretty similar, right? Like a couple stretches of being good, sometimes even really good. And then a lot of stretches just being like, oh, oh, I can't believe I have to watch this. But the Bengals now, like, look, if you're a Bengals fan, you'd be thrilled to death. You've got this young, exciting team. Your ownership is spending money. You know, Duke Tobin, I think, should be the executive of the year. I mean, for all that he he did. I mean, my God, they they put so much talent on that field. And hey, there were a lot of people, and I'll I'll say myself included, who thought, hey, maybe they should draft Penny Sewell instead of Jamar Chase. Not because Chase wasn't going to be great, but because they needed a tackle. Now, they do need a tackle. But I think Chase is more than justified being drafted by the Bengals. I think it worked out okay. But man, yeah, it's it's crazy. Like I I always feel for franchises that have gone through these long stretches of ineptitude. Like when the Lions finally get good, which might be when I'm dead and buried. But when that happens, I'll be thrilled for those fans. Like when you know, there's something like I as excited as I was and am over what happened Sunday night. I'm not gonna lie. There's a little part of me that was like, man, <laughs> it had to happen to the Bills. You know, that couldn't happen like the Patriots or something, you know, like some team that's had an ungodly run of success. And like it happens to these poor Bills fans who have had like the worst crap in the world happen to them. And that game happens to them. Right. But as a Chiefs fan of of a certain age, everybody knows all the pain you've gone through all those years. So look, I am very happy for the Bengals fan, especially a Bengals fan, maybe, you know, 40 years old who's gone through, man. The '90s and Bruce Coslett and Dick LeBeau as his head as, as their head coach and hey Achilles Smith and all that crap. All those years of Marvin Lewis were like they were respectable, <laughs> but they couldn't win a damn playoff game. I mean, holy shit, man! Like you got if you can't at least be happy for that. Like, I got I don't know what to tell you. You know, I have to be. I am like personally, I am now. Do I think they're going to win this game? No, I don't. I think the Chiefs are just a little bit ahead of where the Bengals are, and that's fine. If you're the Bengals, if you lose this game, you're the Bengals. Like, let's be real. You're disappointed. This is an unbelievable year. And you're going yeah, to great season. The offensive line. You add a piece or two defensively and you say, look, we've got our guy. We've got Joey B. We're good. We come back now. We can compete with Kansas City and Buffalo and all these other teams. Right. So I don't think there's any I don't I'll say that. That is one advantage Cincinnati has in this game. There is nothing to lose. There is no downside. Nobody like nationally, most people do not think they're going to win this game. If you're the Bengals, what is the pressure on you in this game? So what? You lose at the AFC Championship game. Nobody thought you were going to be in any way at Arrowhead, right? Like, there's more pressure on the Chiefs. You're expected to win this game, and you're expected to avenge what happened to you last year in the Super Bowl. Well, you got to win this game to get there. All right, let's get to our keys of the game. Let's start with you, Matt Connor. What is your key for the Chiefs to pull out a victory in this one? Um, I mean, it's just – I mean, it's my – like – what else is there other than like the best player in the game playing his best football? Everything else just sounds silly. Vegas That's not analysis, the- Matt. You can't just say we have Patrick. Thanks, thanks for coming on him, and bringing that. If, if, I mean, if we're calling him the, Reaper, I think he's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I just feel silly even like bringing up something else because it just feels like if he's the Reaper, it's death and all of his friends coming on on Sunday. Vegas has the line by seven. They know it's not going to be close. Um, no disrespect, but honestly, I don't care. Disrespect to the Bengals. Screw them all. Uh, we're going to the Super Bowl. I'm tired of playing. I'm tired of being friendly to all the commenters here. Screw you guys. We're going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> Matt. <laughs> Matt, will the Bengals score more than three points? 
And would you care uh, to wager? You guys some scotch. I totally forgot. Uh, yeah, what the, what the fuck's my scotch, pal? We, every I'm gonna, every I'm not, show you've not been on. We've I'm brought this up. I'm not making a bet. I'm not making a bet. But <laughs> yeah. I yeah. love it. I love it. You know it. what? Screw the Bengals now. I saw a couple guys. Now I don't even like the Bengals anymore. I'm out. I'm out on these guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, Sterling. What is your what is your non just 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 give the ball to Mahomes key to victory? Since apparently everyone's heard of number 15, uh, I'll go with Javarius Ward. I think Javarius Ward is going to be the key. I think he will be matched up a lot against Jamar Chase, whether it's one-on-one or if he has help. I think Javarius Ward will travel with Jamar. He did a phenomenal job against uh, Stephon Diggs last week. He did a pretty good job, I think, the previous matchup just Jamar Chase won. Tip your cap. He won every single 50-50 ball, but he was in the right place. It wasn't like he was getting shook out of his shoes, right? I, I think Javarius Ward is going to have a big game, and I think he will be key defensively uh, against Jamar Chase trying to shut him down. I'll, I'll be Love brief. It. The Chiefs pass rush. That's the key to this game. They don't get one, it's going to be a shootout, and they could definitely lose a game. Definitely lose a game. They get a pass rush, and they do it with four. I think it becomes a very long game. Look, no, with, Again, let's just keep let's, – let's be honest. The Chiefs aren't scoring 16 points in this game, okay? They're not the Titans. This isn't Ryan Tannehill out there chucking a ball into triple coverage with 20 seconds left. It's not happening. So if the Chiefs get pressure with four, I, I think that's that's probably the game. Not, not to say Burrow won't make some plays out of it. He will. He's terrific. But I don't care who you are. Like at some point, that just becomes untenable. You know, you, you're you're just you're overwhelmed up front. You're playing a numbers game that you you can't win consistently down the field. So. I, I think that if Kansas City gets pressure up front without the blitz, I, I think it becomes hard. We talked about the Bengals probably getting in their 30s. I don't see them getting – they haven't gotten into – they haven't scored 27 points yet in either one of these playoff games, and the Raiders didn't get any pressure, okay? And it didn't matter. The Bengals are certainly capable of getting to the 30s. We've seen that many times here. We saw it against the Chiefs. I think they have to do it, and I don't know that they can do that if the Chiefs are getting home consistently without having to send extra guys. I love it. I love it. And And by the way – to some of the Bengals fans in the chat that are mad, you're watching a Chiefs podcast, bro. What'd you expect? <laughs> Drink a beer, right? Drink some relax. beer, and relax, guys. Order some KC beer. It's like <laughs> me in high school, you know, asking girls out on dates, expecting to get a different result. It's not going to happen. Go watch a Bengals podcast. <laughs> that's a that's a that's a serious cell phone and a stray bullet out of nowhere. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So I'm, sitting here, I'm oh, sitting here. I asked her to prom. She just said no. <laughs> I'm sitting here minding my own help. business, minding my own business, and uh, catching strays for myself. That, that's got to be humble. Got to be humble. Yeah, yeah. Got to keep it. Got to keep it loose. My my key in this game is don't turn the ball over because of the explosive yep. nature of the Bengals. That that's that's the where the Chiefs could really get into trouble is if they. They, they have some, you know, a bad fumble and a bad spot. You know, they've been doing a great job of ball security lately. Hopefully they got all their yips out early in the season. A bad interception, a tipped ball, like what happened against the Steelers. They can't have anything like that. Just take care of the football. Keep executing. Stay patient. The way that they played against the Bills is the, is the perfect template to approach this game. Take what's there. Take care of the football. You're passing most of the plays. Every once in a while, you're going to run it. 
to keep the defense honest. They did a great job against that against Buffalo. And 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 you saw that they got nice explosive plays and, and just go down there and score points and stay aggressive because the Bengals, you know the Bengals are going to come out. They're going to be going for it on fourth down. They got nothing to lose. And they know that they're going to have just, just like the Bills, just like every other team that Chiefs have played, they know they got to score points. And to your point about turnovers, by the way, that is one thing we should mention. And I meant to bring this up earlier. In fairness, we've talked about all things the Chiefs did wrong in that game against Cincinnati, and they lost so closely. The Bengals dropped two picks right in their hands, right in their hands in that game. So that's something Mahomes has got to clean up a little bit now. Like th- those are two, bl- and they weren't tough picks either. They were right in the bread basket, mm-hmm. like should have been caught. So that that does that does matter. But the, look, I think it's it, it's really it's a great point. Like they can't turn the ball over, and if they don't, they have a very good shot. I also would add to that though, like the same goes with the penalties. You can have one of these games where it's just a penalty fest. Now, Vinovich doesn't call a ton of them. So that helps Kansas City. But, yeah, don't make mistakes. Don't beat yourselves. The Chiefs need to watch out for Jamar Chase because that dude loves to push off. He lo- All receivers do, but Chase he's in big. particular. He's, he's going to get away with big. it. big. He can, he can get some push off. So the Chiefs need to make sure that they're getting that pressure and forcing Aaron throws. I like Michael Irvin. Reminds me of him. Mm, yeah. Big physical receiver. You know, probably a little faster than Michael Irvin. But, like, Irvin was famous for that. Irvin was just well, guys. And he's screaming for a flag. You're not gonna, like, no, man, you're not going to get a flag. Like, you're not like, you know, and that's why to me, you got a bracket chase. Not that Higgins or Boyd can't yeah. be it, but like you have to, you mm-hmm. have to say to the Bengals, hey, look, man, I, I get it. I respect them. But like if they're going to be us, that's how they're doing it. Like it's not going to be a chase yeah. going for the two, 250 in this game. You can't have it happening. I like to, I, I think we'll see a lot of robber coverage with Tyron Matthew in this game. Try to force those balls underneath, try to drop Tyron down, see if he can't make a play. Um, all right, let's get to, we have one reader review and then we're going to give you our predictions, our final score predictions. Um, also hats off to whoever in the chat said that all the Bengals fans now are, are bandwagon fans because all the real Bengals fans are dead. Uh, I just thought that was a good, yes. Yeah, so get the skull emojis out in the chat. You guys are, you guys are sparring out there. Um, all right. This review, uh, we got comes from, oh no. What have I done? Rob it. Oh, Rod Ben Casey. I got it. You got it? Read it. Start. Read it. Sterling. I see. I it's right place. here. It's yeah. from Rod Ben Casey. Now, Verderam, sit down. Don't let your head get too big. Uh, it says, Matt Verderam is on fire. Love this dude on our site. Sterling and Patrick are great, too. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate um, it. I, I, I think uh, you, may, you may be overvaluing me by about 95%, but I appreciate it. Yeah, sorry, I got confused. I didn't delete the rest of the last outline. By the way, where's the love for Matt Connor? They're like, Verderham's great. Patrick and Sterling are okay, too. Crickets. It's because he hasn't paid up with the scotch. That's right. Yeah. People are offended. I'm all right, with that. I'm all right with that. <laughs> all right. Let's pick this damn game already. I can't believe it's already here. It's our Thursday episode. We'll be back for a pregame show on Sunday, a halftime show, and maybe one of the most fire uh, – celebration shows we've ever had if the Chiefs manage to come out on top of this. Let's start with Matt Connor. Do it. Uh, I think Chiefs by 13. I'm going to say 33 to 20. I don't think it's particularly close. I think the Bengals season's over by halftime. I will say this, though, in their defense, they've done this so well without being strong in the trenches. The moment they can pay attention to the trenches, I, I just think the Bengals are going to own that North Division for years to come. Like once they get once they get those trenches straightened out, but what, not Mason Rudolph for Baker Mayfield, no. Yeah, so, <laughs> somehow, somehow that's a that's a deaf prediction. So, 
Uh, but but in terms of this game, I the Bills were the opponent. I'm not even worried about this one. I'm going to go next. Uh, I'm going to say Chiefs 34, Bengals 27. That line's what, seven and a half right now? Yeah. Yeah, that's a tough one. So Chiefs almost cover. I think it'll be – I think the Chiefs will be in control. I think the Bengals will get a late, t- late touchdown and they'll be out of time. Sterling? Chiefs 30, Bengals 23. Again, when it comes down to it, I just think Mahomes is the X factor. Like what we saw against the Bills, it's over my dead body. He will find a way to get it done, whether whether that's in the first quarter with his legs, whether that's hitting the right guy. I trust Mahomes to make the right decision. I don't know if I trust Joe Burrow yet. Fourth quarter in Arrowhead, game on the line. What is he going to do? I know what I'm going to get from Mahomes. So, look, if this game's close, it's scary because Burrow – has a propensity yep. for just being nails late. And as Alex brought up, our, our resident Bengals fan in the chat today, who I, I actually appreciate a lot of the commentary from him. I think he brought up one thing. Evan McPherson, their kicker, that kid, if it comes down to him kicking a field goal, the Chiefs are going home. The kid has been unbelievable. Hasn't missed a kick. He's a rookie. They drafted him out of Florida. He's been really, really good. He's got a huge leg. Obviously won the game for him against Tennessee, 52 yard at the gun. That being said, I don't think it comes down to a field goal at the end. I don't think it's a blowout. I think it kind of has the feel of a game where the Chiefs pull away maybe like third quarter, and then it's just kind of like in control. I'll say 38-27. I think Cincinnati is going to score some points. They're going to move the ball. But right now, I just – I can't. I can't go against Mahomes. I, I, I can't I can't go and say, oh, I think he's going to get slowed down. He's just out of his mind right now. Like, since he threw that pick to Watt, I feel like he hasn't thrown an incomplete pass. It's been just un- – and like – Against Pittsburgh, it was a bunch of like down the field throws. We're going to kill you with the bomb. Then Buffalo comes out and says, nope, we're going to play too high the whole game. She's like, fine, fine. Don't care anymore. Here it comes. Underneath, going to kill you with all these throws underneath. He did not throw one ball that traveled 20 yards in the air. Not one against Buffalo that entire game. Didn't matter. I think they win 38-27. I think it's a good game. I think it's compelling. Uh, I think the Bengals are a worthy opponent in the game. I just think in the end... The Chiefs, with the experience, with maybe a better front, they get a stop or two here or there. They force a field goal. Whereas I, I just right now, the way Mahomes is playing, the Bengals have not been good on third down this year. They're 22nd in the league. They're 19th in the red zone against Mahomes. That that's a death sentence. Like that's just you're begging to get lit up with that. I think, and I think they get to the 38. I think they win. If the Bengals win, though, I will eat skyline chili. How's that? The Bengals win. I'll oh. eat whatever that gelatinous thing that comes out of a can. I'll yeah. eat that bad boy on 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 the show. Connor, Skyline Chili is so good. Oh, Connor, come on, man. I'm from Ohio, and it's dog food on top of spaghetti. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> I've never had it. I can't say anything. I can't it's say so good. yay or nay. It's just it's 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 the stupidest thing of all the places in all the world that have some sort of local food or local fare. This is really going to piss off the Bengals fan. Skyline Chili is honest to God. Go get, go buy a can of Alpo, open it up, dump it over some like four day old noodles, and that's that's Skyline Chili. What, get can out of someone here. explain real quick? And I know we got to go. We're almost an hour and a half here, but can someone explain? So Skyline Chili, like obviously, I, I like chili typically. I, I, I like normal chili. What is the big difference? Is there just is it more just is it thicker? Is there other things that are in it that aren't normally in it? Like what is? It's got kind of a spice to it with some cinnamon, right, or something. And usually it's over, it's like noodles and uh, you can order it like three way, five way, seven way. So you have like onions and cheese. They load it with cheese. I mean, it's not healthy and it's not, 
Well, I mean, no, yeah, no shit. Like, I didn't, you know, it's not yeah. broccoli, but <laughs> it's not like, it's not like fine dining, but uh, it's not dude, it's chili. Fine dining. I, care I love chili. I love chili, but I'm talking the one in a can. I'm sure the actual restaurant's fine, but the one yeah. in a can just looks like no, water not. miserable. It looks horrendous. So that's what no, I'll eat not. if they somehow beat Kansas City. Someone's bashing in, in, in the chat. What's wrong with Manwich? Let's just go down this row. Let's get out of here. It's We're so bad. The chili, the chili has no flavor. The chili has no flavor at all. Uh, it's, it's, you know what? It's like it's like the chili. It's like the chili they'd serve in the cafeteria when you were in elementary school. That's that's what it tastes like. That's yeah, that's we what can, we're talking about. Here. We can get out of here. I, I think maybe on this. Speaking of food in the cafeteria, this is like from where I grew up. This is an all time like this is anybody who went to my school. They still talk about this. We get together and see each other once a year. Like. So we had the, you know, those like, I don't know, like construction paper cut out, whatever. And they'd be like, they'd have the, the menu for the month on there for the cafeteria. So you'd be like, okay, you know, Tuesday, pizza, you know, whatever, sides of, and then it would be whatever the hell it was. You know, think of applesauce or thing, you know, and then you get like, some chocolate milk, right? So when I got older, my school, I went to, I lived in a town that was so small, the whole building was K through 12, right? It's like 800 kids in the whole building. I mean, the whole damn town is like 2,000 people. So, so they, just got worse and worse and worse with the lunches as time went on and or at least or i became more aware of it one of the two and there would be times and it always happened to be before like like winter break or like easter break it'd be like thursday cook's choice and you knew that shit was just whatever the hell had been left over right like they were like what what do we got in the back johnny oh we got uh we got hot dogs yeah yeah, bring the hot dogs out. It was like a free space on the menu, right? Oh, and you knew, you knew you were going to get physically sick if you ate it. But the other choice was a salad bar. And what self-respecting 13-year-old's going to a salad bar? So there was that. Literally. Then the oh, oh, the, oh, time, the best one. Then there was, there was this thing called crunchy beef. I swear to God, this is true. Crunchy beef. That's right. It was a styrofoam cup filled with taco meat, and they sprinkled some cheese on top. If you ate that, you're going straight to hell. I, I mean... It was the worst of the worst. So you guys can crap on Skyline Chili all you want. I don't know. I've never had it. I don't care. Never been to Cincinnati. Sure, it's a fine place. But it's got nothing on crunchy beef. (laughs) It sure as shit has nothing on Cook's Choice. Or my personal favorite, rib tickler, which was a piece of meat that had an orange tint to it shaped like a rib. I'm pretty sure it was a knockoff of the McDonald's McRib that they stopped making because it was probably killing people and they were getting sued. Okay, we got the knockoff of that on a bun. It was oh, it was some vile shit at the cafeteria, which is why everybody everybody walked in by about ninth grade. You're like, all right, bag lunch, bag lunch, can't do it anymore, <laughs> right? Yeah, so that, that's we we we'll go out on a strong <laughs> note, boys. But that's that's why I'm so angry all the time. <laughs> physical pain that's it. from all the crap that's I had it. to eat until I was 18. Nothing to do, nothing to do with Herm Edwards. It was the food. No, it was all yeah. No, it was the food. By the way, I caught Sterling renting videos by two of those food names. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh god! Yeah, he's got the the. <laughs> he has crunchy beef rib, one and two, and uh, rib, <laughs> rib tickler two and four. So yeah, there you go. Oh, oh man, rib tickler! <sighs> good lord, I'm telling you, you, if you and if you forgot to bring a bag lunch, and you showed up and you're like, hey, hey man, what's for? What are they serving today? And like you got a look on their face, like it was like a flashback to Nam. Like if they knew what it was, like, oh my god, bro, you didn't bring lunch. Like, no, why? What is it? Yeah, is it is it crunchy beef? No, big Nam, it's big tickler. It's you, make, it's you just tickler. go up there, but like, you know, I'll just take a side. What do we got? Applesauce in a cup. Yeah. I'm good. I'm good. I'll starve. 
You know, it's better than yeah. seeing it in reverse. So it's, it's tragic, tragic stuff. Brutal. You remember the sherbet they used to give you with that wooden, like that piece of wood that you had to eat it with, like the orange oh, sherbet? Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, you had to yeah, peel yeah. that plastic off the top of it. Uh, it was, that shit was incredible. Ooh. Oh, God, Sterling. Jesus. Like, I like my, my fair share of upscale food, but those things were incredible. Because you can also chew on the stick afterwards, like the little wood stick, right? Yeah, oh, it's oh, awesome. Splinters in your tongue. Those things, I'm telling you, those were the urinal cakes. It was the same things in the urinals in the bathroom. They just plopped them in there and they wrapped it in plastic wrap. Hey, shout out Gaming Bros. Uh, sorry I'm late, everybody. Prediction for the game from Gaming Bros. 42 Chiefs, 42 Bengals, 28. Well, I think we've officially gone off the rails. So it's, yeah. it's, time, it's time for us to go not eat Cook's Choice food, um, maybe drink some more Casey beer, enjoy our evenings. Team, we will see you. We'll be back about 30 minutes before kickoff for the Chiefs pregame show. We'll be here at halftime to break down how things are going, and then we'll see you after the game. For Matt Connor, for Matt Verderam, for Sterling Holmes. Oh, wait, by the way, right before we go, somebody in the chat said, is it me or does Sterling get more and more good-looking every episode? And my my response to you is, no, no, no. Why do you think we keep him around? Have you seen the other three of us? All right. (laughs) He's 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 keeping us just above level here. That's that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. My daughter, I took her to get a, a we, well, we were out shopping and we stopped off at a deli and had some cookies. I'm like, oh, what the hell? We'll get a few, right? And the woman behind the counter is like, here, honey, you take this one. You're so cute. It's for free. And I was thinking to myself, like, they're going to, if, if that's how they're basing prices, I'm going to get up to the front. They're going to make me pay double, right? Like, I mean, so thank God yeah. I had the mask on. Maybe it hid something. Yeah. But yeah, she got it for free. I'm like, oh, good for you, honey. Good for you. For me, they, they looked at me. They're like, oh, no, 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 no. Double. And, and, and rightfully so. <laughs> she, she took after her wife, and I think we can all agree uh, it was a blessing. All right, that's it. We're done. We're out of material. Matt Connor, Sterling Holmes, Matt Verder, and Patrick Allen. Thank you so much for your support. We will see you on Sunday. Until then, go Chiefs. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.